Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says, podcast number 17, Nathan Hale, Benedict Arnold, and the greatest chain in the world. It's a sad thing when we have a, a traitor in our country. Today's story is going to contrast a great hero, Nathan Hale, with our greatest traitor, Benedict Arnold. And then a fun story about George Washington building the greatest chain in the history of the world. Ah, you're going to like this. Okay, here we go, right from the radio program, Nathan Hale, Benedict Arnold, and the greatest chain on earth. Hello, America. It's time for Uncle Sam Says. It's story time, and I've got some great stories for you. These colonial times were full of stories of great men and of evil men, and lots of stories in between. I wish I had time to tell you all of them, but, well, I don't, but some you really do need to hear about. For instance, Nathan Hale. When the British held New York City, George Washington, uh, he knew that control of the upper Hudson River was absolutely critical. He had to know what the British under General Howe were planning to do. A young man named Nathan Hale volunteered for the job. Now, he disguised himself as a Dutch schoolteacher, and he really was a schoolteacher. In fact, his schoolteaching school is still standing there in Connecticut. Well, he went into New York planning to smuggle information out to General Washington. But he was caught and immediately tried before General Howe. He was sentenced to be hung in the morning. He asked to be allowed to write a letter to his mother and was given permission. The next morning, though, the letter was destroyed in front of him. His last comment before being hung as a spy was, Oh, you need to memorize this. Every school child needs to memorize this and understand why this man could say such a thing. I regret that I only have one life to give for my country. What a man! What a hero! He understood! I sure wish they taught our kids about him today. Well, that's my job, and, and, and I'm going to do it. Well, now, folks, I'm going to tell you about another kind of person. His name was Benedict Arnold. You've probably heard that Benedict Arnold, it's uh, synonymous with uh, a traitor. Today, all we know that he was a traitor to our country... I'm going to tell you more about him so that you'll know that traitors come in all sizes and colors. And that some can be in high office. They can be very popular and very effective leaders and still be traitors. You remember that oath of office? For senators and the president? If they betray that oath of office, are they a traitor? Well, if you want to know who they are... You're going to need to know the truth about what made America great and then compare those principles with what these people believe. <laughs> there you have it. The whole purpose of these stories and lessons. By their fruits ye shall know them. Benedict Arnold. Hoo-wee, what a man. If you looked at what he had accomplished, you would agree that he should have been second in command of the army just under General Washington. Well... Those ranks were only given out by Congress, 
and they harried him and embarrassed him and then put less able men under him until his pride was hurt so bad that he just snapped. Here he was, a hero of our revolution, and then he became the epitome of treason. Why, his name became the very symbol of treason. Why, men would say Benedict Arnold like an oath or a swear word. A lot of people don't know much about Benedict Arnold, but but he really was a great man and did a lot for us before he got all turned around which ways. You see, he was involved with Ethan Allen at the capture of Fort Ticonderoga, and then a little later he led an incredibly daring march into Canada. The, the purpose was really to try and bring the Canadians into the war for our cause. Although the end of the campaign was a failure, it came astonishingly close to success. Washington gave his full approval. And suffering incredible hardships, Arnold marched his men north through the approaching winter of 1775. Another column under the command of Montgomery joined him after taking Montreal. Their joint attack on Quebec was a failure. Montgomery was killed and Arnold retreated to a, a place called Crown Point. Then he was fighting every foot of the way. He was also involved in the Battle of Saratoga, and that battle has gone down in history as one of the great turning points of all time. Yet, per Benedict Arnold was indeed a great American hero, at least for a time. And dadgummit, I liked him, too. It's, it's, it's just a shame, a galdern shame. Well, Washington was still very concerned about controlling the Upper Hudson and knew that he needed his best commander over that garrison. He chose Benedict Arnold, West Point commander. He really was an American hero, and that was why it was so terrible when he turned against us. He persuaded a young British officer, a, a Major Andre, to carry the plans of the West Point defenses to the British General Clinton, who was in command at New York. If Clinton could get those plans, then West Point would be... Well, it'd be destroyed. It'd fall, and the war would be lost. That was foul treason at its worst. Benedict Arnold could have cost us the war. Well, thank goodness for us, Major Andre was captured, and, and those papers were found in his boot. Arnold heard of his capture, and he escaped from West Point, and then fought for the British. Andre was hung as a spy. Now, here, here's a funny twist. Andre was hung as a spy, and the British called it murder. Now, Nathan Hale was also hung as a spy. Was that murder, too? <laughs> oh, well, I guess war is just, just bad. Oh, well, for what it's worth, years later, when Benedict Arnold was lying on his deathbed, he called for his faded American uniform, saying, this, I'm quoting him on his deathbed now, May God forgive me for ever putting on any other. Well, at least he was sorry. George knew that the Hudson River was a real key to England winning the war. If they could send their fleet up the Hudson, then they could cut the colonies in half and then use the divide-and-conquer principle. He decided that the Hudson River had to be chained off. Good grief! No one had ever done that before. It would have to be a huge chain, far bigger than any chain ever built. 
a man named Peter Townsend of the Sterling Iron Works took on the challenge, and American ingenuity was stretched to the breaking point. <laughs> oh, wow, that chain was huge! It was over a quarter of a mile long. It had 750 links, and each link was two feet long and weighed 140 pounds. Twelve tons of anchors were needed to hold that chain in place. For six weeks, men worked day and night. A new road had to be built from the ironworks to the river at West Point, and ox teams carried sections of chain along this new road. The chain was assembled and stretched across the river. No link ever broke, and no British ship ever got by this chain. You can imagine the British surprise when, a few months later, they decided they were going to end this little war by sending one British army up the Hudson and another army down from Montreal. Their first army could not get past the chain, so the Americans only had to contend with one of the British armies and were able to treat... <laughs> oh, boy, they treated them with a big defeat at the Battle of Saratoga. And that was the turning point of the war for the Americans. Well, folks, thanks for listening. You can't restore America unless you know what America used to be and what made America great. Please help bring more people to these lessons. They'll thank you for it, and you can both be smiling patriots. Until tomorrow, remember, you are learning the truth. Tell your friends, speak with boldness, and keep your powder dry.